Welcome to the Branches Podcast. Following the lead of Jesus, we seek to embrace people regardless of their background or their present ground in the hope they find holy ground. We are a church for people who don't go to church. If you'd like to learn more about the reckless love of Jesus or our community of faith, please visit our website at branchesoc.com. Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to do it. Do not say to your neighbor, go and come again. Tomorrow I will give it when you have it with you. The primary place I'd love you to be is Proverbs chapter 3. I'll be honest, I didn't think the guys were really that big of a deal here at Branches. And then I look out and I see how small we are because of the men's retreat. So I guess the men actually kind of matter. Um, it was, I, I went down and I left on Saturday morning with Dave and we came back uh, for this morning. But uh, I want to pray for those men as they're coming back. Pray for us. I have no idea what you're dealing with. Um, I have no idea what the men are dealing with. So let's pray that the Lord will meet us where we need to be met. Father, we surrender to you. Uh, those that are here and those that are driving home right now, probably in a five-hour border wait. We ask, Lord, that you meet us where we need to be met, with either grace or with truth or with both. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm assuming you know this, but your words have the power of life or death, blessing or curse. You know that, right? If you were to look back into your life, there was moments where you know where life was breathed into you through someone else's words or where there's still that death there, that you think of those words and they still haunt you. I can think of specific times in my life. In fact, I came up with this long list. I'm not going to take you through the whole list. You're welcome. But there was a couple key moments in my life where it seems like yesterday. I know where I was, I even know what I was wearing. In fact, when I was around fifth grade, I was with a bunch of my friends, and I know what I was wearing, because we got at a thrift store, we couldn't go out and buy new clothes, I, I grew up pretty poor, but at this shirt, and I remember I held it on as long as possible. Someone probably stole it, because it was that cool. But what it was, was it was a, a green mesh top. You know what I'm talking about? So I'm 47, so if that places the age range, and it was green so you could see my chest, of course, and you could see the top of my back, and then it was like white polyester, but like, um, like baseball pant material that really, like you don't want to touch it because it gives you like the goosebumps. So that was a shirt I was wearing, and of course the shorts, which were probably about this high at the time, because that was cool. So I was wearing, I was very fashionable, and as I was walking with my friends, we were at the pool, and we were leaving the pool, and we went out and played out in the woods that were right outside the pool. And then when I came back, my mom pulled me aside and gave me some words. And she said, you know, when you were walking away, I could tell that all the sports you're playing, you looked really muscular. I still remember that moment. Complete lie. 
I've been skinny my whole life. But it doesn't matter. It was the word, and I held on to it all the way to now. With my dad, I remember I was in college, and he called me. And um, we used to have these things called landline phones because there were no cell phones. So I pick up the phone, and it's him, and it's at night, and I'm usually not in the dorm room to answer the phone, and he's talking to me. My dad doesn't even call. That's just not his thing. And words aren't his thing, but he's talking. He's like all happy and talking, and I listen in the background. I'm like, oh, he's at a party. He's drunk. But it was cool because he was talking to me. So he's doing all this talking. And then, you know, I'm college. I'm a guy. I don't really like to talk. So I'm ready to get off the phone. I'm like, all right, Pops, I'm going to see you later. And as I'm putting it down, he goes, okay, I love you. And I was like, that was the first time in my life I'd ever heard my dad say, I love you. So? Sorry, Dad, bad connection. Can you say that again? I made him say it again because I needed to hear it again because it brought life. But it also can bring death. The same mouths that can bring life can also bring death. And as the Word of God says, that's not the way it should be. We all have done it. My mom, who brought life by bringing light to how muscular I was, also said, you know what, it's not your brother I'm worried about, it's you. Oh yeah, I remember that conversation. I remember it clearly. I remember her face. And I especially remember the way I felt. I remember my dad telling my brother something. My brother told me, and then I, you know, being who I am, really directed, Dad, did you really say this? Did you really say that I, you shouldn't have gone to that university because you could have been successful? And he said, well, yeah, why didn't you take those other scholarships? Why, why didn't you go to one of those other schools so you could have been successful? We have the power of life and death in our words. And I know you know what I'm talking about. I know that I'm not telling you something like, what, really? I never knew that. I don't have any of those moments in my life. Because we all have those moments. And we all have this hunger in us to hear those words that bring life. And it's never enough, is it? Because someone could say, I'm proud of you, but it's just not enough. I need to hear it again. I love you. Why don't you say that again? Because I I don't think that's ever going to get old. Why don't you keep doing it? Because I know you said it once, but it's not going to last, so I need to hear it again. There's something that happens when we hear those words and there's death that happens when we hear the other words. But even silence, silence is confusing because if we don't hear it, we assume the worst. And our response to these words, well, we respond in all different kinds of ways. Some of us become workaholics. Some of us, our response to not getting the words that we want is to seek um, success, awards. Some people, it just feels like the breath left, the life is not there, so they fall into depression or apathy. Some of our responses is anger. You didn't give me what I needed, so there's this fury, or there's this sadness, which as we know with anger is really always underneath that sadness that's underneath mad. 
We respond in different ways, but it's there. I was at the men's retreat, and we were talking about this very topic. And as we were discussing it, we said, okay, so which of you men had that conversation with your dad where he said, I'm proud of you, I love you, and you just felt like he always gave those words of life? I'm not going to tell you how many raised their hands because we didn't give them the chance to. Because you could see the downcast look in almost every man's face. Because they didn't get those words. Those words they still hunger for. One guy said, I remember the moment my dad said I was proud of you. I was 40. And every time I'm on the phone with him now, I wait to hear it again. And so every phone call is a disappointment because I don't hear that. But every time I'm on the phone with him, I'm waiting for him to say it again. Now, if all of those men have that hunger to still get those words, does that mean that all of their dads were weird? Or is that just what's normal? That's what's normal, but it shouldn't be. We talked about what it is, this series, about what it is for a blessing and what is a curse. Blessing is to give life. Curse is to hold it back. So what we're going to do this morning is we're not going to look back and go, woe is me for all the things that we didn't get. But instead, we're going to embrace what we have received, not only from others but from the Lord, but also recognize our responsibility to give those words. Because we do. We have that responsibility because there are people that are hungering for it. We talked about this passage before, but I want to go back to it again. The story of Jacob and Esau. So once there were these two brothers, and they're twins, but obviously they're fraternal twins because one guy is red. In fact, that's what they call them, red. Those of you who have red hair, you know that's, that's just your name. If you're born with red hair, you're now red. And so his name was Red, and his nickname was Edom. And so he was, not only was he red, but he was hairy. I mean, he came out as a baby hairy. You know, those certain kids that come out, and you're like, whoa, that's a lot of hair. He was one of those kids. Hair all over, head, arms, red everywhere. And so now as an adult, if you want to picture him, this is going to be a a throwback, and some of you have no idea who I'm talking about. But if you want to think of who Esau is, think of, as one person said, he's kind of... Ted Nugent with sandals. He's an outdoorsman. He loves to hunt. He loves to fish. He loves, he loves game. And I don't mean game like playing football. I mean like animals to eat them. He's an outdoorsman. And his brother is Jacob. Baby-faced. He likes to stay at home with mom. Literally, he likes to stay at home with mom, and he likes to cook. So these two twins, you can just see the conflict coming, can't you? I mean, they're not going to be the best of friends. There's going to be moments of stuff. And we're going to look at just one moment where Esau was waiting for his patriarchal blessing. He was the oldest. He came out first of the twins. And so in that culture, there was a moment where the dad was going to speak a blessing over you. If you want to know what that is, it's much like it's much like a quinceanera. Do men have a quince? Do, do the men have? No, they don't. Yeah, they get ripped off, don't they? So men don't. 
But the ladies get the quinceanera. Uh, I just heard, uh, for anyone that's uh, Filipino, that when they're 18, I know the boys have a moment where they have a blessing. They have something that celebrates them going from childhood to manhood. That's what a patriarchal blessing is. I have a mentor in my life um, who did it for all three of his boys. When they turned 15, he would take them away for the weekend, and he would bring other men in their life to come and speak to him what it means to be a man. And if you couldn't go, you could send something that was your contribution to help this young boy take that jump to being a man. So there's these moments, these rituals, and they had the patriarchal blessing. And so Esau has reached that moment. His dad uh, is now um, blind, and he knows that the time is near, and so he goes to give the blessing. But we won't get into the details, but his younger brother comes in to steal the blessing. His mom works it out where he they put fake hair on him so he could be like his brother. They make him smell like his brother. And then he comes in with this thing that he cooked that is supposed to be, you know, from the meat that he was supposed to have caught, Esau was supposed to have caught. And he pretends to be Esau, and so he receives the patriarchal blessing. Esau comes in. He brings the meat that he's caught. He's all excited because now he gets what he wants, those words. Those words that he's hungered to hear. He's already despised his birthright. He's already given that up. He gave that up for soup to his younger brother. So he didn't really care about possessions. He didn't really care about those type of things. But who doesn't care to hear those words? Those words that bring life. So he comes in all excited. He's been waiting for this moment. And as he walks in, he goes, Dad, I'm here. And his dad starts to shake. Well, 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 you were just here. No, Pops, I just got here. But I already gave the blessing. Well, well let's, let's let me say his words. Let's look at Esau's words. Esau said to his father, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also. Oh, my father. And Esau lifted up his voice and wept. Even as I was raising my voice trying to capture that, I don't think I could get as loud as he probably was, as distraught as he was. And some of us can look at this and go, come on, what's the big deal, Esau? Man up, dude, it's just some words. But we know what those words mean. We know what those words can bring. And we hunger for them. But we also need to step back and realize that we are the dad or the mom or the friend or the spouse or the child speaking to a parent or perhaps you're an employer or you're the employee and you have fellow employees and those people around you never get tired of hearing those words, those blessings to breathe life. And so we have a responsibility to breathe life into others. And yet, we hold back. This is the verse that we read. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to it. It's going to be up on the screen, but I want you to go there because I want you to see it. It's from Proverbs 3, 27 and 28. 
Do not withhold good from those to whom it is due when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, come back tomorrow, I'll give it to you then, when you already have it with you. We're going to look back and we're going to address the reality that some of you didn't receive the blessing that you were hungering for, that you still hunger for. But I really want you to leave feeling that responsibility to share those words today. There were a few men that were down on the trip, men that everybody else looks up to, and I know that those men in particular don't hear that enough. They don't hear those words. People hold them back. They'll talk so good behind their back. You know what I'm talking about? Like when you're around someone, I'm not talking about gossip in a negative sense. I mean gossip in the positive sense. Like where you're just in awe of someone's gift to others and it just fills you up. And so you're talking with someone else. You're like, oh, that guy or that girl or whatever. They're amazing. They do this. They're a blessing here. And so those people, people assume, oh, everybody's told them. Everybody's talked to them. And I remember I pointed one guy out and I said, so all of you probably aren't telling that guy but he needs to hear it. And suddenly I could see his head go like this. Like, please? Because that's who we are. We never get tired of hearing those words. Uh, we've talked about this before in uh, not this January, but the January before when I was on my deathbed. The nurses and the doctors were very diligent about keeping people from getting in. They just didn't want people up there because it was so touch and go and bacteria or sickness, whatever. They were trying to protect me, but they were keeping people away. So, but the word that went out was, he gone. So all of you were preparing for my death. Suckers. <laughs> so as you were all dealing with that and friends and, and family and people I've, I've known for a long time, started sending notes, started leaving voicemails, started making videos and sending them, and a few of them were able to get through the gauntlet of nurses and doctors and security to get in and to say, hey, I want you to know how much you meant to me. I had the chance to go to my own funeral. I got, had the chance to hear eulogies over and over again. It was so beautiful. And it wasn't until preparing this message that I thought, why did you guys wait? <laughs> Seriously, why? Look around you. Literally, right now, look around you. Yeah, you're still looking at me. No, look around you. There's people that you know. Some of you are like, I'm just visiting. I know nobody. But there's people you walk around all the time, and yet you have the power, you have this good, and it's in your power to act. But you're like, oh, maybe some other time. I need to tell them that. No, it's in your power today. You have it with you right now. Steve Jobs has blessed you with the ability in your pocket right now that you can pick up a phone 
and text them words because it doesn't always have to be spoken. You can write those words and you could give it to someone right now and bless them. And I'll tell you this, no one has ever given those words, whether spoken or written, and gone, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Have you ever experienced that? Where you've blessed someone, you've given them words of encouragement, you've given them words of life, and then you thought, nah, they got a fat head now. I probably shouldn't have done that. No one ever thinks that, ever. And none of you, after you do it, go, wow, that was really a pain. No, because you're blessed. There's this, I can't put my words to it, but when you encourage others, encourage, to put courage inside them, when you do that, something changes. In fact, I wonder if the reason I'm still here today is because I got to hear those words of life. Because I remember shortly after those words when I was in the presence of God and speaking with him and he and I knew clearly that I was not done because I saw so much life and so much love given to me that I wanted to live so that I could share it with others. As cool as you guys are, heaven is way better. But there's this responsibility, this, this joy of the idea of being able to give those words that bring life. And you have them. You have that. And some of us get so focused, yeah, but I, I said this to that person and I've done this. I'm not the type of person. No. You have both the power of life and death inside of you, but you need to give it today. Hebrews 3.13 says this, but encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. The problem is, is our culture is in this habit of not giving these words. As I sat with all those men, as I've given this message to others before, we all recognize that we wished we had more. And so that should spur us on to then give more because you have it in the power to do so. And I could sit there and blame my dad. And I've done that for years. This is a complete waste of time. Where did he learn this pattern from? From my granddad. Any of you guys ever met my granddad? Man does not speak. Not only does he not speak, but he always looked angry. And I could not stand the man. I remember my mom going, your granddad is so great. And as a kid, I'm like, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to get hit. That's what happens in my house. And so I, my whole life, have despised my grandfather when he passed away. Held him responsible for this pattern that went all the way down to me. What I'm still struggling with to try to give to my kids to be a blessing and not a curse to them with my words. But then my uncle shared some stories with me about my grandfather and what he had to go through, what it was like in his household, what it was like when he went to war three times, what it was like for him to be shot down in three different wars and to come back broken 
And my Uncle Don said when he came back, he was not the same guy because of what he had to go through. Don't look back and hold others responsible because you don't know what they've been through in the same way that I don't know what you've been through. As I'm calling you by God's word to bring that blessing, so many of you are like, but you don't know what I've been through. I needed to have those words. How am I going to break this pattern? How am I going to be one who brings life when all I can think of is those words that brought death in my life or that hunger that I had? Let me tell you something about that hunger. It will never go away. It doesn't matter how many times your wife or your husband says, I am proud of you. You're not going to go, thank you for doing that. I will never need that again. That was perfect. You're going to always want more. Wives, here's a trick for your husbands. I think I've shared this before. If your husband's in the room, just say, you know what? I was thinking about you today. And as I was thinking about you, there were these amazing qualities of who you are. Hmm. And then walk out of the room. Oh, that dude will follow you. Because that man is still a boy. We never outgrow it. Men, I wish I could give you some cool tricks, but I don't want to give away the secrets. But women are also girls that hunger for that encouragement, for those words that bring life. And we have that power within us to do it. And it needs to happen, if anywhere, in the body of Christ. It needs to happen here. But for it to happen, we need to be able to get through some of the pain that we've been through. If you're still hungering for those words, I want to give you some clear direction. Maybe it's your dad, maybe it's your mom, maybe it's your brother. It really doesn't matter as much who it comes from, as long as it comes from someone that knows you. But with those that you really hunger to hear it from, go to them and say, I really hunger to hear these words from you. But one person that was telling me, you know, I want my dad to say that. I was like, well, in my mind thinking, well, why don't you tell them Hey, Dad, remember that one time we were on the phone and you said that? I still think about that all the time. That doesn't mean it's going to be easy for your dad to deliver it, but you need to tell them. When we sit with married couples, as they're sitting there talking with us, or as we're sitting with a dad and a son, or dad and a daughter, or a mother and a son, as, as they, they can't seem to reconcile, brothers and sisters, even other people in the church that just are angry at each other. And as you're sitting there and you discuss, they're angry. But one person is telling me, I just wish that they would just do this. And the other person's going, well, why didn't you tell me that? And then this person's saying, well, I wish that you had done this because when you did that, that hurt. Or when you did that, that helped. And I really want that. And the other person, well, I didn't know that. So a lot of times what you want, you just need to tell people. Even if your marriage is really struggling, your spouse really does still want to bless you. They just don't know how. It's a mystery, so tell them. Now, I don't mean go, you know what you should do, because we know that just doesn't work, right? But to communicate, this is what I need. 
Another thing is you need to go and talk to men and women that you look up to that know you and say, you know what, I need words of life. Can you speak with me? It's not going to be as weird as you think. I've done it. I didn't say, hey, I need to hear these words of life, but I'm like, I just need to be around you. I need to see how life is supposed to be lived. And as we develop that pattern and as we break this cycle of silence and begin to let those words out that bring life, things are going to change. People are going to live and really live. I had, I want to close with this. I had a, um, I had a look back moment years ago where I went away on a uh, 21 days of solitude. So I had a spiritual director and I would meet with him in intervals. He would just show up. But for the most part, I was alone. And as I was with the Lord and journaling and writing and playing solitaire, I started to write and think and wrestle with the words of life that I didn't receive. And I started on the woe is me cycle. And in that cycle, I heard clearly the Lord ask me this question. Is being my son enough? It wasn't sarcastic. It wasn't like, what, is, not, is being my son not enough? It, wasn't, it was that reality of him saying, you're my child. And that's all I needed. Really, what else do we need than to know that the God of the universe calls us his child and that we can call him Abba, Father. The word says that the Holy Spirit enters us and gives us the ability to call him Abba or Daddy. That's who you are. You are a child of God. Regardless of the words that you hear from the outside, whether they bring life or death, that is who you are. And as I was wrestling with that, that I wanted and that which I received that I didn't want, those words came. What we're about to do here in a moment is we're about to do praise and worship. You know what praise and worship is? It's us freeing our tongues to speak to the Lord and to bless him. Oh, yeah, but he's God. He doesn't need it. Even God wants it. We were created in his image. It makes sense. that Well, I did that last Sunday, God. Do I need to do it again? He's not going to tell you. You need to come and worship me. But as we realize who he is, as we realize his, as we talk behind his back, we then gather together to worship him. This passage is one that I hold on to about um, God calling us his children. And it's from the message, so it's not the translation that I have memorized, but I think it says it very well. But whoever did want him who believed he was who he claimed and would do what he said, he, Jesus, made to be their true selves, their child of God selves. These are the God begotten, not blood begotten, not flesh begotten, not sex begotten. If you don't hear it anywhere else today, I want you to hear you are a child of God. You, I'm trying to see if I can make eye contact with every single person in here, because I want you to hear, Jeanette, look up, 
you are a child of God, a daughter of the Most High. You are a child of God. Matt, right here, baby. You are a child of God. That should bring life. And with that life now, grab your phone. Oh, I know you got it. Guys, some of you are going to pretend like you're looking at your fantasy football scores. Open to the text section. And while the band is coming up, I want you to think, who is that person that you need to bless today? And you open it up right now. And you send that to them. Well, you know, I'll do it later. No, you have the power in you to do it this moment. There are people in this room that you need to go to as we're walking out, and you need to give them that blessing. So I'm going to pray for you. If during worship, for some reason, you're texting, we're going to let it fly. If you are doing your fantasy football roster, may God help you. But let me pray for us, and then the worship team is going to lead us in prayer, in blessing. Father God, you bring life. I thank you for gathering us because it's under your name that we gather. It's because of who you are that we gather. It's because of the name of Jesus. Set us free, Lord, to be the light, to be the salt of this earth, to preserve others, to be a blessing. Loosen our tongues, Lord. Give us the courage to bless others. And Lord, continue to heal us as we move forward. And may we look to you and you alone for our healing, for our blessing. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Well, I had the privilege of knowing what Boog was going to talk about before today. And it was so interesting, the timing of it. Because um, I... I take advantage of the fact that I have the privilege of working in a place where um, we're all believers. And so we, you know, pass prayer requests around through email all the time. And I think it was such a freeing thought to be like, well, I can't go visit this person in the hospital. Or that's what I always tell myself. Well, I can't take meal. I got, you know, I can't do that. I can't do something. But I never think about what can I just offer them in words of encouragement. And this prayer request came across a teacher who's brand new, don't know her yet, have never met her. And um, her and her husband had, her husband's identity was stolen. And they're on the hook for a large amount of money. And um, they were just getting ready to qualify for a house. And my heart was so broken. It was so broken, just immediately. So broken for her because I so identified with that feeling that something happens that you can't control. And it doesn't feel fair and it doesn't feel right. And I was like, gosh. And then Boog sent what he was going to talk about. And I was like, I got to email this girl. So I emailed her and I said, I know you, we don't haven't met yet. But I am so sorry that this is happening to you. I just want you to know that. It's so wrong on so many levels. And I just want you to know that. I hope that the bright spots shines somewhere in the midst of this, please keep us posted. Like, just tell us what's happening. And that was it. So I hope that we can feel a sense of empowerment today, that we can. It was that simple, so simple. I just pick up my phone. I don't have to go anywhere. I don't have to do, get to a place. I can just send this person a word of encouragement. 
So take that with you as a new tool in your pocket. If it's not something you've done before, try it out. It's great. Go and have a fantastic week, and I hope you take that with you and practice it all week long.